Indeed, all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is He who we worship, it is He who guides us. We seek His help and assistance, we seek His forgiveness. And it is He who we turn to in repentance. We seek refuge in Allah from the evil within ourselves and from our ill deeds. Whoever is guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cannot be led astray. And whoever goes astray cannot be guided except by Allah alone. Peace, blessings and salutations be upon his beloved messenger, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his household, his family members and his dear companions radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'in. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is standing in the midday heat in the plains of Arafah near Jabal Rahmah, the mountain of mercy. It is his farewell Hajj. It is the month of Dhul Hijjah. It is the season of Hajj. It is the day of Arafah and it is the day of Jumu'ah. And on this blessed occasion, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals a verse to Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this verse is verse number three in Surah Al-Ma'idah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals, الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ الدِّينَ that today I have perfected your religion. I have completed my blessings and favors upon you and chosen Islam as deen, chosen Islam as a way of life for you. You see, Islam is a religion that teaches us how to live our life. Islam is a complete way of life. Yes, we learn how to worship Allah, we learn how to pray Salah, we learn how to fast and the rulings of Zakah, etc. But Islam also teaches us so much more. A Muslim learns so much from their faith. We are taught how to build our character and be a good person. We are taught how to respect our elders. We are taught how to respect our neighbors and give rights to them. We are taught the rulings of how to run a business. We are taught things that are from the most important parts of life to the most sensitive things in life, even the most intimate. So Islam is a complete way of life. And the mushrikun, they would come to Salman al-Farisi and they would say to him, your prophet has taught you everything? Has your prophet taught you every single thing? And Salman al-Farisi would say yes. And then he would explain how the Prophet ﷺ has even taught us how to position ourselves in the bathroom when we relieve ourselves. SubhanAllah. Islam is a complete way of life. Abu Dhar radiallahu ta'ala an, he would say that Tarakana Rasulullah that the Prophet ﷺ has left us. However, that there is no bird flapping with its wings, but the Prophet ﷺ had given some sort of knowledge regarding that. Essentially, the Prophet ﷺ has taught us a complete way of life. Now, 
That's why it comes as no surprise. It comes as no surprise that even one of the most mundane acts in our life, sleeping, sleeping, is, has also instructions and guidelines on how we should prepare for sleep, how we should sleep. The, one of the most mundane acts in, this, in our life, even that we have instructions for. You see, sleep is a sign of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us in Surah Ar-Rum that from amongst the signs of Allah, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ مَنَامُكُمْ بِاللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ that from amongst the signs of Allah, from amongst the power and the greatness of Allah is that you sleep in the day and night. The ability to sleep, the fact that we sleep and get naps and rest is an amazing greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is a manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's greatness and power. And when we think about the function and purpose of a sign, it is to direct us. It is to direct us. It directs us to our destination or it diverts our attention to something bigger. And here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that sleep, us sleeping is a sign of Allah. So in today's khutbah, what I want to do is inshallah talk about five things, five things from the Quran and Sunnah regarding sleep and how pondering over this amazing blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can bring us close to Allah and also learn about the spiritual significance of this act. So, number one, sleep is a blessing. Sleep is a blessing and Allah says, that in his mercy Allah has given you night and day so that you may rest and seek his bounty and be grateful. You know when you ponder over sleep, it's actually an amazing thing. Allah has created the mechanism of sleep, how we can just shut off and allow our bodies to get rest. He has created us in such a manner that our mind can shut off, yet our body is still functioning. We are still breathing. Without good sleep, quality of life would decrease. How many people are out there suffering from sleeping disorders? The NHS, they say one in three people suffer from poor sleep. Allah is the one who gives sleep and he has created sleep so we benefit from it. It's a relaxing moment it's a source of relaxation a divine gift that Allah has blessed upon us you know you might be old or young or rich or poor it doesn't matter everyone can get sleep and on top of that you might have the best mattress in the world or the best bed in the world yet you might not be able to sleep and some people they don't even have the have bedding they might have the stars and the sky as their roof and the earth as their bedding, but sometimes that gives you the best sleep. And people who have visited and performed Hajj, you know, you can understand what I mean by this when you sleep in Muzdalifa overnight. So to add to that blessing, Allah has also created a serene atmosphere, a, a condition for humans to rest. The animals, the hu human beings, we all rest during the night when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls night a source of, a, a form of covering. The light decreases, darkness prevails. So even the condition is correct and right and just perfect for human beings to sleep. 
So let us be grateful for this blessing. It is a great blessing, and just like all other blessings, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, La in shakaratum In order to get more better sleep, let us be grateful and show gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number two, sleep is a form of rest. Allah says, I have made your sleep a form of rest. Subata. You know, when we are not sleeping, we are either working, studying, worshipping, we are with our family or friends, but eventually we will get tired and we will need to sleep. And the Prophet has given guidelines for this. You see, sleep helps us to re-energize. Re-energize. We are weak and we are in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from weakness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not get tired. He does not uh, doze off. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, La ta'khuduhu sinatun wa la no. Sleeping is a certain weakness that only humans and all the other creation have. But the creator does not need sleep. And that in itself helps us to really understand our status. We are the servants of Allah. We are weak. Allah is our master. Allah is all powerful. So sleeping can also help us to re-energize and revitalize. In the Battle of Badr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in the Quran, Imagine. 313 Muslims fighting against a thousand men and of course naturally the Sahaba the companions would feel stressed would feel a bit of fear but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to take out this fear wanted to take out the the stress from them and he gave them a little time to nap Allah says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he covered the believers with a light sleep as a form of security and tranquility. So the next time we do sleep, let us understand that it's with the mercy and blessings of Allah that he's allowing us to rest and recover for the new day that lies ahead. Number three, sleeping is a right that we owe to our body. Sleeping is a right. You know when we hear the word rights, usually our minds wander off to like a list of all the things that we can demand and that we are entitled to. So we think about rights of parents, rights of children, rights of spouse, rights of neighbors, which is all very important. But have we ever given a thought on the rights of our body? What does the body have over us? Our body is an amana, a gift. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has entrusted us to look after this body. Salman al-Farisi radiallahu ta'ala an, he would say, you have a duty to your Lord. You have a duty to your body. You have a duty to your family. So you should give each one its right. And the Prophet when he heard about this, he said, Salman has said the truth. So for this reason, our faith also encourages to look after ourselves. Self-care is so important, it's essential. Being active and energetic is, is very important for us to be able to worship Allah properly and also care for others properly. The Prophet ﷺ would say, Indeed, your body has a right over you. 
Number four, sleep is the brother of death. Sleep is the brother of death. The Prophet ﷺ mentions in a narration that sleep is like death. How? You see, when death occurs, our souls, they, they, they um, separate from our body permanently. The soul separates from our body permanently and moves on to another world, moves on to the hereafter. And when we sleep, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, exactly the same thing happens, but in a temporary way. Our soul leaves our body when we sleep. Temporary, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when we wake up, when we are just about to wake up, Allah returns our soul back to our body, and then we wake up. Allah says in Surah Az-Zumar, Allahu yatawaffal anfusahina mawtiha wallati lam tamut fi manamiha fayumsiku allati qada alayha al-maut wa yursilu al-ukhra ila ajalin musamma. He withholds the soul. If someone life, if someone if Allah has decreed that this person will die in his sleep, Allah withholds the soul and he does not return it to the body. And then Allah finishes this ayah off by saying, Indeed, there is a sign in this phenomenon for those people who wonder, who ponder. And subhanAllah, it's amazing when you do ponder. Because how many of us actually think of sleep in this way? When we sleep, we think, okay, just go to bed, doze off, finish. The day comes to an end. Our eyes are closed. Yes, we are breathing, but our soul is in a different realm. And for this reason, there are certain adhkar that we should recite, certain verses from the Quran that we should recite before we go to sleep. Because who knows? Who knows if this is our last time that we are awake and conscious? Do we not want our last words to be such that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And finally, number five, dreams. Dreams in our sleep. You see, the concept of dreams is a marvel that even still today, like it fascinates people. It's something that is a topic of mystery and fascination. And scientists are still baffled by the fact on how dreams exactly work. The Prophet ﷺ, he mentions that dreams are of three types. Ar-ru'ya thalathun. Number one, those types of dreams that are for bushra min Allah, glad tidings from Allah. So when you sleep and you see a, you know, a positive dream and a feel good, good dream, then it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's like a good and optimistic type of dream. You won't be scared from it. Yes, you might be a bit confused, but it's something that will make you feel good and warm. This type of dream is from Allah. And scholars say that you should not share good dreams that you see with everyone and anyone. Only narrate it to some close member of your close circle, maybe your close family members, close friends, but not to everyone. And in, if you want your dream to be interpreted, then it's, it's dream interpretation is in fact another science of its own. And it requires certain skills to be able to interpret. So you should not just interpret it by yourself, go to a reliable scholar and find out what your dream truly means. Number two, the second type of dreams that we might see is referred to as hadithun nafs. So those types of dreams that is a reflection of our inner thoughts and, 
concerns throughout the day. So something perhaps you've been talking about a house or a car all day long, then in your sleep you will see you driving a Ferrari or a big mansion. So those types of dreams are pretty baseless, that you can disregard them. They are just a reflection of your thoughts throughout the day. And number three, Prophet ﷺ says that the third type of dream is تَخْوِيفُ مِنَ shaytan. Those frightening dreams that come from shaytan. Either it might be vulgar in nature, which will require a person to uh, perform a ghusl or a bath, or it would be a frightening one. Someone might wake up in the middle of the night frightened that they've seen a, such a dream. That type of dream is from shaytan. And the Prophet ﷺ even tells us how we can, what we can do if we wake up from a terrifying dream. He ﷺ says, whoever sees something he dislikes, let him get up, blow to his left hand side. Either blow or dry spit three times on his left hand side, seek refuge in Allah and then go back to sleep. So again, look how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet sallallahu has laid out the importance of sleep. Something that we don't even consider or ponder over, but there are many benefits that we can take. Furthermore, the last thing I want to mention before I end my first khutbah is that the shaitan can never appear in the form of the Prophet sallallahu The Prophet sallallahu says, وَإِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لَا يَتَرَاءَ bi." He can never appear in my form. So if someone does see the Prophet in their dream and they are convinced it was him, then surely it was he. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow our good deeds to reach such a level, allow us to recite the durood abundantly upon the Prophet so that we can all see him in our dreams. So sleeping is an essential part of our life. And if we are spending a third of our time every single day, around seven to eight hours sleeping, then it makes sense for us to maximize this time and utilize this opportunity and make it a means of us attaining reward. By following the etiquettes of sleep and teachings of our beloved Prophet and preparing for sleep in the manner in which the Prophet did, there is hope that every second that we are sleeping, every second that we are in the comfort of our bed, every second that we are enjoying the blessings of sleep, we are continuously being rewarded, inshallah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he reminds us in Surah Ahzab that لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا That indeed in the Messenger of Allah, you have an excellent example. So let's go over a few things, 10 things that we can practically start to implement from tonight, inshallah. Number one, sleeping early. Sleeping early, I'm sure you've heard this over and over again, that sleeping early is very beneficial. And it is. In our faith, the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ would dislike going to sleep before he prayed, but he would also dislike having conversations and talking after the Isha prayer. So straight after Isha, it is a very good practice and a habit to go straight to sleep. Yes, spend a bit of time with family if, if, if one wishes, but go to bed. Don't talk about worldly discussions and worldly affairs after Isha. The Prophet ﷺ, he would also um, uh, advise us, number two, to make intention as well to wake up early. You see, we know intentions play a big part 
in a believer's life. Actions depend upon intention. So if one makes an intention, I'm going to sleep, I want to wake up for tahajjud, I want to wake up for fajr salah, then inshallah we have good hope in Allah that he will reward us for our sleep. Subhanallah. When Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu ta'ala an, he was asked to describe his night prayer, he would say, I expect Allah to reward me for my sleep just as much he rewards me for my tahajjud. And Ibn Hajar rahimahullah, he says, the Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu ta'ala an, he's saying that when a person rests and makes an intention to gain strength and re-energize themselves so that they can worship Allah properly, then their sleep in their sleep, they will be getting rewarded. Subhanallah. So let us be proactive. Wake up for Fajr, wake up for Tahajjud, and utilize this time in the morning. The Prophet ﷺ, he made a dua. He said, Allahumma barik li ummati fi bukuriha. Oh Allah, bless my nation, give my nation, give them barakah in their early morning. And I'm sure you can all have experienced such a time in the morning where you are most productive. Waking up early, doing things, you seem to be doing things much quicker than you would do any other time of the day. This is a time when even the students of Hiv, memorizing the Quran, would wake up and utilize this time in the morning to learn verses from the Quran. Your brain is sharp, you are focused. Number three, the Prophet ﷺ has advised to shut down things and close. Close things and shut down. He said, when you close the doors, then say Bismillah. And of course, every single one of us, I am very 100% sure that when we go to sleep, we lock our doors, we chain our doors. So why is this being mentioned? It's a common sense thing. The Prophet ﷺ is saying, say Bismillah when you do this. So it's just a reminder that the locks and chains can protect us, but the ultimate protector is Allah. Remember Allah. He is the one that will protect you from shaitan. He is the one who will protect you, the ultimate protector. And he has also advised, cover your food, um, ex extinguish your lamps and fires before you retire to bed. Number four, reciting Quran. Reciting Quran before you go to sleep, some portion of the Quran. Not only does this bring the mercy of Allah, not only does it bring the attention of the angels to surround your house and your homes and your family members, but it also is a means of shaitan running away. And that's what we want. You know, some people, they put on relaxing music to get to sleep. They put on so many different types of relaxing um, sounds so just so that they can go to sleep. Imagine having the angels in your home. Imagine the rahmah and the blessings and the barakah before you go to sleep. So one should try their best to recite. There are many uh, surahs and chapters from the Quran one can recite, but one chapter in specific the Prophet has emphasized over and over again is a chapter in the Quran with 30 verses. 30 verses, and if one recites this chapter, and this is Surah Mulk. Surah Al-Mulk, 30 chapters. Imagine on the day of resurrection, this Surah, Allah will give it some, sort of, some form of speech and this Surah will intercede on your behalf, will beg Allah, oh Allah, forgive this person. So let us all make an intention to recite Surah Al-Mulk before we go to bed. It will only take a few minutes, four or five minutes, if anything. Number five, 
sleeping with wudu. Sleeping with wudu. The Prophet would say, when you go to your bed, perform ablution like that for the prayer. So just the way we perform ablution for prayer, perform ablution and go to sleep. You see, when you sleep in this state, you will feel pure. You will feel very, very pure and spiritually purified. When you're doing wudu, you can imagine all the water washing away your negative thoughts, negative feelings that you've accumulated throughout the day. And additionally, Ibn Umar he says that whoever goes to sleep, he says that the Prophet said, whoever goes to sleep in a state of purity, an angel will be over his head and he will not awaken him until the angel says, Allahumma ghfir li abdika fulan. Oh Allah, forgive this person. Why? Because he has slept with ablution. Such an easy thing to do. But unfortunately, because of our laziness, we are unable to perform wudu. Number six is dusting your bed. The Prophet ﷺ would dust his bed using his garment. So that's something that we should also try to um, bring into our life. Number seven, sleeping on your right hand side. The Prophet ﷺ would sleep on his right side, put his right hand under his cheek and go to sleep. And when one ponders over this, and remember sleep is a sign of Allah, so much to reflect upon. Why are we lying on our right hand side? You see, when you lie down on your right hand side, many things in our religion, there is significance of our right hand side. The people of Jannah, Ashabul Yameen, they are the people on the right. There is also the people, uh, we begin things from our right hand side. We perform ablution from our right hand side. People will be given the book of deeds in the right hand, uh, right hand and those people will be those of the dwellers of Jannah. So when one goes to bed and they're lying down on their right hand side, think about the resurrection day. Think about how the deceased is placed in the grave by them positioning themselves towards the Qibla, facing the Qibla on their right hand side. Think about Allah, we want to receive our book of deeds on our right hand side as well, right hand. Number eight, adhkar, and of course there can be many adhkar that you can recite. I recommend all of you to at least pick up a book or listen or memorize some adhkar that you can recite whilst lying down. I'm just going to mention three verses from the Qur'an or three uh, specific places from the Qur'an. One should definitely, definitely try their best to recite before they sleep. And that is Ayatul Kursi, much benefit in this. It is also the last two verses of Surah Baqarah. The Prophet ﷺ says these are treasures from underneath the throne of Allah. And also Surah Falaq and Surah Nas, Ma'widat. The two surahs that will protect one, insha'Allah. Number nine, clear up your affairs. Clear up your affairs. Before you go to bed every night, clean up any ill feelings you have in your heart towards other fellow Muslim brothers or sisters. Forgive them. Forgive them in your heart. Forgive them from the bottom of your heart. If they have said something, if they have done something to you, forgive them. Because that grudge, that ill feeling that you hold on to, will only be a negative impact on yourself. You will feel restric restricted. You will feel trapped. But when you forgive, you feel a sense of freedom. You, you feel a sense of worry and that grudge just disappearing. And you know you have done something 
which the Prophet ﷺ would so much encourage. And we understand that a companion of the Prophet ﷺ, once he was observed, why did the Prophet ﷺ say that he is from the people of Jannah? So a companion wanted to observe him and see what he does. And he observed him and he does everything what you would expect, praying salah, worshipping Allah, nothing so big, nothing out of the ordinary. So he asked him, what do you do that the Prophet Sallallahu said that you are from amongst the people of Jannah? And he said, well, nothing much except before I go sleep, I forgive everyone. I take away any ill feelings I ha have in my heart. I don't hold grudges. I don't envy anyone. And it's possible that this is the reason why the Prophet Sallallahu said he is from amongst the people of Jannah. So before you go to bed, if there is any form of arguments or displeasing words that have been exchanged between husband and wife or brother and sister or parent and child or with a friend, clear up your affairs. Clear up your affairs for we don't know Allah may decide to withhold our soul that night. And lastly, waking up. When you wake up, the Prophet ﷺ has taught us a dua. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah ladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana wa ilayhin nushur. All praises be to Allah who has given us back our life. Imagine this. When we wake up, Allah returns our soul. So we show gratitude that we have another opportunity. We have another day. We have one, another extra day that we can utilize and get close to Allah. So sleep is a form of minor death, but it's a reminder to us that our soul needs to prepare for the major death.